This morning, I'm talking about having a heart for transformation as we journey along this subject of transformation. I want to look at something that affects us as individuals as well as collectively as the church, and that's having a heart for transformation. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. That is Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. Now we can change those words, O house of Israel, to O church of God, or O body of Christ, or O Mark, my child, or O put your name in it, my child. Okay? God is speaking to each one of us through his word. His word is not redundant. God wants to mold us and make us as individuals. He also wants to transform his church into the church that he intended. And Jill read some of the stuff there through in Acts 2 when we were doing communion of what the early church was like. And the problem is that man has interfered in the makeup of the body of Christ. From the time of Constantine around 330 AD, when Christianity became the religion of the Roman Empire, and man dictated how, when, and where the church was to come together. Over the years and over the centuries, Christ's body, his church, was institutionalized by man and has moved far from its original pattern. And that it became impossible for it to be corrected just in one step. God is and has been slowly transforming his church and bringing it back to what it was meant to be like. He's bringing us to how he intended us to be from the beginning. We must never forget that it is his church. It is his church. Not ours. Jill and I are the senior pastors here, but it's not our church. It's our church. All of us collectively, but it's his church primarily. We are his church. We are part of his body, and it's his body that he is dealing with. We need to be ready and willing to accept and take hold of the transformation that God is bringing about. We need to be spiritually in tune with the Father to hear from him about the transformation that he is bringing about. Now, this pandemic that we are going through didn't catch God unaware. He has used it to bring about transformation in his church, getting us away from church being about the building back to the church being about people, and not just those that are already part of the church, but also about those he wants to see becoming part of his church, the unbelievers that we know. From the time of the Reformation, God has been restoring the truths that were lost during the dark ages of the institutionalization of his body. Thank God for men like Martin Luther and the other great men and women of God down through the ages who have heard from him and been obedient to his leading and guiding. And then also be thankful to God 
for, for those men from the recent past, like John Wimber, and the present, like John and Ellie Mumford and Bill Johnson. They have been the clay in the potter's hand, willing to be molded and made again, not conforming to the old ways and traditions, but willing to be transformed and see the church transformed into what God intended to be. And there are many others like them around the world. I'm sure you can think of people who have done things that are so different from what the church was like, was meant, it thought to be like. We need to recognize those people. We need to be ready and willing to receive the truths that God is restoring to the church. We need to be vessels that are made and molded by the Father, ready and willing to receive the new wine that God is getting ready to pour out. Before he pours out the new wine, he wants the vessels, the wineskin, to be ready for the new wine. The new wine that is being poured out needs to be poured into new wineskins, not old ones. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. The church of God is organic. It is a living thing, a living organism. It was never intended to be an organization that is rigid and structured. It needs some structure, like the skeleton within our body. But it's not fixed and rigid, but able to change and flex as it grows and develops. The new wine has to be poured into the new wineskins. Vessels that have been made ready to receive the new wine. Goatskins were used to make these wineskins back in, in the time of, of, of the Bible. They were sewn up and made watertight, and then the new wine was poured into the skin bag. It was left in the skin to ferment, and as it did that, the bag expanded because of the fermentation process. The skin had to be a new one because they were supple and flexible and able to change shape as the wine fermented. The church has to be flexible in order to cope with the changes that God is bringing about as he restores the truth back into the church. The church is me and you. The church is us, the people. Not the place where we meet in once a week or more times a week, whatever the case might be. We need to be flexible. We need to be new wineskins, changeable and adaptable to the new things that God is doing. We are the body of Christ. And as the body grows and develops, it changes shape and size. Can you imagine what would happen to somebody if at the age of six their skin lost its elasticity and flexibility and the ability to grow and expand? As that child grew, they would literally grow out of their skin. It would be an incredibly painful experience. A body has to be flexible and able to change shape and size. And that is why God has created us that as we grow, our skin does expand and stretch and grow and does amazing things. I mean, I've had some skin, whatever disease things, cut out of my hand where they had to pull the skin together to sew it up again. It was about the size of a, a 20p coin that was cut out of my hand. They stitched it together and it was so tight at first, but now 
there's plenty flexibility and there's even excess skin. That's just how God has created us to be. We need to be flexible and able to grow. If you look at church history, every new restorative work of God has been criticized by the old establishment. Martin Luther was criticized by the Church of Rome, and every subsequent new move since then has undergone the same criticism. Even the Pentecostals criticized the charismatic movement. Now, thank, God, thank goodness that seems to be changing. It's happening less and less. As God moves and as things develop and change, people aren't getting critical, but looking to see how we can go with the change. Now, the problem in the church today is that many people actually like the old structure, the traditions of man, and they do not want to change. They feel threatened by the changes happening in the church. But that's mainly because they do not understand the heart of God. He is a God of new things. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. God is a God of new things every morning. Remember how the Israelites in the desert had to collect manna every day? And they only collected enough for that day? And if they held on to some for the next day, holding on to the old manna, it was rotten and full of maggots the next day. The only time they could keep for the next day was they collected the day before the Sabbath. So on the Sabbath, they didn't go out to go and collect manna. And that's God's blessing. When he says to us to rest, he takes care of us. He provides for us when we rest. Every day they had to go out and collect what God had given them. We need to be seeking God afresh every day, wanting the new manna every day. God wants us to get, get rid of the old that is unbiblical, only that which is unbiblical. He does not want, does not want us to throw out everything, only that which is not of him, that which is of man. That which is of God and is biblical, we are to retain. But the unbiblical traditions of man are to be removed so that we can be refreshed, renewed, and transformed by him and him alone. Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. The old yeast, the traditions of man, are to be removed from the church so that the dynamic, organic life of God can be reestablished to fulfill the purposes of God. Now going back to the wineskins, the old wineskins that had become hard and inflexible were thrown away after the wine had been poured out. If you do not want to be discarded in, in that same way, you need to make sure that your wineskin stays flexible. For this to happen, you need to make sure that you are not just receiving the new wine and holding on to it, but that you're also pouring out the new wine, pouring out into the lives of others. You do not want to be pouring out the old stale wine, but the refreshing new wine that God is pouring into you. If you are giving out as well as receiving, then your wineskin will not become hard and rigid and bloated with the stale wine but will remain flexible and new and able to continue to receive and give of the new wine. 
For those of you who were here last week, remember what I said when we looked at our verse for the term in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. When we come together, we should come together primarily to give, not to get. And that's the problem with the church. Too many people come to church to get. We need to prepare, be prepared to share what God gives each one of us each time we gather. Be it a picture, a word, a scripture, a prayer, or whatever it might be. It might not make sense to you, but it will to someone else in the meeting. If you give a word, a picture, it might not make any sense to you at all, but it will to that person that's meant for. And I received one of those this morning. As I said earlier, I got a hug from God. Someone came and just said, this is from God, and hugged me. And that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Receiving and giving. Receiving from God, giving out to others. Now the problem in the church today is that we have traditionally come together to get and not to give. We've been conditioned over the decades to expect to get without having to give. We are in danger of becoming hard, rigid, bloated wineskins. If you are giving out as well as receiving, then your wineskin will not become hard and rigid and bloated with the stale wine within, but will remain flexible and pliable and able to continue to receive and give of the new wine. That is why we make opportunity during our meetings for contributions from, from anyone and everyone. That is why before ministry time, we ask if anyone has a word or a picture or a feeling from God that it's for someone in the meeting. This is an opportunity to give to the body of Christ. We wait on God, we hear from Him, and He gives us something that we then share, and as I said, it makes sense for someone else, maybe not for you. So let us make sure that we present a real quality wineskin that is flexible and ready to cope with all the wine that is to be poured out. Going back to our original scripture of the potter and the clay, we are vessels in the hands of the master potter. Allow him to make and mold you, transform you the way he wants and not how you want. Be clay that remains pliable and moldable in the hands of God. To do this, we need to make sure that we do not dry out. We, by not engaging with God, worshipping Him, reading His Word, spending time in prayer, engaging with the Holy Spirit, soaking in His presence, interacting with other believers. That's how we remain fresh and pliable and soaking in God. The enemy of clay is drying out. When it dries out, it's, it's useless. Dry, hard clay is useless to the potter. But there are steps that the potter can take to restore the clay back to a usable state. It takes time and effort on the part of the potter. So if you're feeling like you are dry and useless to God, allow him to, to do what needs to be done. The dry clay cannot just be soaked in water. It needs to be broken up into smaller and smaller pieces until it's back to being like dust. And if we remember how we were created, when God created man, he gathered the dust together and he molded it and he blew into his, his breath of life. Get the dust, it's like dust, then water is added, and as the dust soaks up the water, 
it binds together to, to form the pliable, moldable clay that the potter can once again use. It can be a, pra- a painful process, that, to be broken up, to be broken down, to break down, break down, ground down to dust. It's not an easy, not an easy process, and it's painful. But allow God to do that, to, to take away the, the pain there. If you're feeling crushed at the moment, make sure it is the Lord who is doing it and not the devil. The devil wants to keep you crushed in a dust-like state, not useful for anything, and get blown away by anything. When the Lord crushes you, he does it for a reason. Firstly, to break down the hard areas that are in your heart or in your spirit or in your life. Secondly, to remove any impurities that are in the dry, hard clay of your life. And thirdly, to prepare the dust to be soaked by His love, His presence, through the Holy Spirit in restoring you to being pliable, moldable clay once more. Transforming you for the next stage of your journey with God and His church. This has to be more than something that we know about. Head knowledge. It's no good just being head knowledge. But there's something we have to practice. It has to be part of us, who we are, so that it comes from the heart, our very being, not from the head. Have a heart that is willing and ready for transformation. Allow God to transform you and change you into who he wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are going to break up into going to our breakout rooms now. We're going to end the, uh, the, the YouTube channel shortly. Um, but I just want to give you the discussion questions, and they will remain up on the, on, on the screen here, and we'll put them up on the, um, up for those who are online, we'll put that up for them as well. So firstly, what has God said to you through this message? Watch the doubt for you. Share something from your life where you have experienced the transforming power of God at work. And that's if you are able to do that, if you are willing to do that. But don't get embarrassed about it. Just, there must be something where you've seen God's um, done something in your life. So share something from your life. And then wait on the Lord and ask Him to give you something for someone in your group and share it with them. Okay? So just a bit of waiting on God, hearing from Him and share it with them, and then pray for one another. Pray for one another.